0: You are now listening to episode 87 of Doc Framento Discovers the World. Here I am talking with Randall, a.k.a. Mr. Bitterness. He is an independent music maker. I happen to love his albums. Me and, I don't know, three or four other people. Throughout this conversation, what do we what are we what are we cover? Um, the process of making music individually, outside of the system, and overall, I guess the conversation is mostly about the brilliant power of negative thinkers. be sure to click the links in the show notes or link to Mr. Bitterness over at the band camp so you can get a copy of whatever album is available there at the time you listen to this. Maybe the band camp will be defunct by then. I don't know what to tell you to do. Although there will be a link to Mr. Bitterness' uh, Twitter account. That's about it for this one. I hope you love it. I'm going to throw a little bit of different music in here. Before and a full-length song at the end. And as always, I thank you for listening. That's the um that's part of the reason of having you here is that uh I couldn't convince you to bring your podcast back. So I tricked yeah. you into coming on to this show. So at least I get to hear your voice again.
1: I would, you know, honestly I would if I just had more time. But the things that like ideas I had and things I wanted to do, I just don't have enough I don't have enough time to do them.
0: The format you were doing previously just um talking while stuck in traffic actually worked out quite well. I don't know how you were able to um keep a train of thought that way, but I thought it was pretty brilliant.
1: Um what I did I mean some of it was just off the top of my head and others I just had, you know, brief notes jotted down during the week when I thought of something that irritated me or that I thought would be funny or whatever. And then you know, I would just reference it while I was driving um i mean it's it's California traffic, so a lot of it is you know five miles an hour.
0: I was going to say is just nothingness
2: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so that that part was pretty easy to do, but when I was kind of in a groove with doing it, you know I knew like okay, if I pause here, I can drop in a song here that references the thing I'm talking about, and then I can come back and make a joke about it as if it had just happened so that I could insert and edit stuff in. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, some of the music and some of the other stuff that I wanted to do was, was the part that just took too long.
0: Yeah. That's, um, that's me. I, I say I would podcast every day if someone else did the production. Yep. If I could just hand it off to someone, someone, uh, brilliant, as brilliant as I at production, Well, <laughs> which is <laughs> the lowest bar possible.
1: You know, I mean, there are interns in the world.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'd hate to, uh, I'd hate to lie to them and tell them it could turn into something.
1: Oh, but you don't. You just tell them this will turn into nothing. But it's ours. Um, if I was going to try to do it again, I, that might be an angle I'd, I'd go down.
3: Interesting. Um, yeah.
1: Also, these days, I mean, not that it was that long ago, but these days, there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more savvy people who do that kind of stuff. It's not so it's not so I mean, obviously, everybody and their mother has a podcast, so it's not so amazing when somebody's like, you know, has a produced podcast. Everybody has one now.
0: They certainly do. I find I, I can't listen to most of the top-rated shows. They're just so overproduced with that with the music and that NPR sound. I can't it breaks yeah. my brain. Uh yeah. Like that's ra- sort of like Radio Lab, I think is one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and that's kind of a that's a follow on to the This American Life of Occasion of podcasts. Although um This American Life has a special place in my heart because there was a radio show well, if, actually probably for decades, but where I found it was like the mid 90s. Um, by a guy named Joe Frank. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. No. You would, really, you would like him. i got to s- find some stuff and send it to you. But um, he had several uh, series, but one of them was called Joe Frank, The Other Side. And it's the most bizarre, dark, twisted, funny, brilliant, monologue-y, um, quasi-reality like audio show
0: I've huh. I've ever heard, and this and is it just was just on terrestrial old-fashioned radio. Yeah,
1: I mean it was before podcasts. But that show went away. I want to say in the late '90s, early 2000s. And the only thing I ever heard that kind of reminded me of it was This American Life. Um, and then I found out that the one the producer of This American Life got his start, or or at least Moved up in the in the radio world by working on the Joe Frank show, Joe Frank, the other side. Um, but that dude is a genius, just a dark, twisted mm. genius.
0: Yeah, we love those.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's there's there are people who know him. You know, I mean, he's he's got a there's a subculture. But um, I, you know he was honestly like a little before his time because if he was releasing podcasts now, you. Um, It's not exactly the same, but it would probably have a cult following like Welcome to Night Vale does. Mm
2: -hmm. You
1: know, it's 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 a very singular um, thing that he does. I've tried to convince the people that own his or that run his archives for him. I know he was sick a few years ago and he I don't know if he has passed or not because I lost track. But I tried to a few years back. I tried to convince them to start releasing his old shows as as a podcast Mm -hmm. and and i think podcasting was too new at that time and they're like that's crazy how could you ever make money doing that
0: ah uh, yeah
1: um you know like everything else that's become mass market
0: yeah well from my perspective you can't make money uh podcasting well, and yet i know that people do
1: yeah i mean i can't make money and you can make money but people can make money
0: i've always been um wanting some big name brand to contact me to push my ethical boundaries like what if mcdonald's or monsanto or whoever my current corporate enemy is were to contact me and offer me some large sum of money i I want to actually go through the struggle mentally like do i say yes (laughs)
1: that's the you know that's the joke i've had and i'm sure there's a million people out there have had it at some point or another but it's basically like it would be a lot easier for me to sell out if anybody was interested in buying.
0: <laughs> yeah. You would be doing Swiffer commercials. <clears throat>
1: I would be tap dancing and doing Swiffer commercials. Yes. <laughs> in a miniskirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever they wanted. Throwing popcorn popcorn chicken up in the air. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> for 100,000 I'll call you daddy while I do it.
0: Yeah, perfect. so you have a you just do a regular corporate gig a day job indeed yeah you're not a uh, musician by uh, profession by paid profession
1: no definitely not
0: have you ever pursued that Uh, not in your own music I mean in working in the industry
1: no no not really I mean I never even really considered it as a as an option. I'm not particularly a great musician or I'm not a, I'm not a great player for sure. Um I can play keyboard, I can play piano, I can play guitar, but what I'm mostly good at is playing things I write. I'm not great at I can read music, but I'm not really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm better at s- I can of grabbing the chords and faking the song, but usually those kind of things, you would need some precision. Um, these days, again, you know, like uh, there's a guy that I follow on, um, on Twitter who, well, actually, I don't know if it's a guy. There's a mysterious character I follow on Twitter called the Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Okay. That, that <laughs> does music for a bunch of podcasts. And again, you know, there's, there's now a whole, um, that's a job. Wow. Which yeah. You know, scoring scoring podcasts and doing sound design and stuff like that. Cottage
0: and, industries in the tech world. Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean none of that was available twenty years ago where that might have been an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um you I know had, so Yeah.
0: I had even looked into um paying for someone to transcribe my shows back oh, when yeah. I thought they were of some value. And then I realized they were of no value and I wouldn't invest in that. So
1: I wouldn't say they're of no value. They're whatever value you uh, you imbibe them with.
0: Yes, this is true.
1: Imbibe, imbue. Uh, I wouldn't know. Inject.
0: Something like that.
1: Um, Im- yeah, I
0: mean, Im- imagine.
1: Yeah, uh, comedian Paul F. Tompkins used to have a funny bit where he would take. I think he would take his voicemails. No, he would take. He would take scripts and plays and read them into, he would call, he, he got a Google phone number. I think it was called Google phone. I forget what the service is, but they discontinued it. But um, he would call Google phone and read it into his own voicemail, which would then send him a transcription of it mm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, and get it hilariously wrong. Yes. And then he would read those on stage. Or sometimes if it was like a play, they would actually act out all the parts you know with <laughs> with multiple actors with the bad um misinterpretation
0: <laughs> that's stuff. great i can envision it because i used to laugh hilariously when i had google phone numbers at the voicemails yeah. i would receive the transcription would be just just hilarious yeah
1: but you know you could always try for the the poor man's version which is something like that you just play your your um your episode into something like that
0: yeah and see what pops out the other end. It's maybe better than the actual show,
1: yeah, and again, there's all the unintentional comedy that could result.
0: I love it. doesn't sound uh like there's much risk in it. no <laughs> so you've been making music for quite some time. When did you start around two thousand ten
1: um well in in this iteration, yes, yeah. Um, I think the first one I released was 2008, maybe. Um, Epic Flail, I think it was 2008.
0: Oh, I was thinking that was 2010. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not sure.
3: You don't Uh, don't know. I think,
1: I think it, it was right around there anyway. Yeah, it might've been, I might've started working on it in 2008 and then released it in 2010. Something like that.
0: Well, we, uh, we had a record release party for you for one of your albums. That was pretty epic.
1: I thought it was epic.
0: Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. I had a, a cafe at the time. Turned the lights down low. Blasted it through the house speaker system to no one.
1: <laughs> and broadcast it on the web.
0: And broadcast it live. Video and everything. Yeah, I was, Um, uh, see, I I, was just, I was ahead of my time.
1: I think you and I were the only people that were even slightly tickled by that.
0: Yes. That's the best part is that no one else even laughed, let alone participate. Yeah.
1: Well, that, and that in and of itself was actually pretty entertaining. Um, You know, I watched I forget where we could see the count of people. Like they would log in and then drop off.
0: Yeah, it was like that's on UStream, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> Maximum listeners three. You and yeah. I are two. Two. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Good times. And nobody
1: was. Nobody was even like, "Hey, why is there an empty room?" Nothing.
0: Yeah. So you know, the joke was doubly funny for me because that was just my typical cafe experience we were open late and no one ever came in perfect so
1: i i I just looked it up it was 2010 oh okay yeah but um so music wise i mean i've been doing that for probably in in some form or another i've been trying to write music for i guess like 32 years at this point is that right uh, maybe it's twenty-two. Maybe I'm adding a decade. Yeah, I guess it would be twenty. Uh, no, it's got to be thirty.
0: It's pretty great when we cannot remember. Decade, I'm so old; I can't even do like, the math now. Yes, exactly. I love it. Yeah, I often try to remember when 1985 was, and my brain just breaks.
1: It's that's funny that you mentioned that. I, I can't I can't reveal why, but 1985 has something to do with the next album i'm working
0: on oh that year specifically that exact year must be a back to the future thing
1: no (laughs) no it was it was more like the last thing the last album was kind of about like orwell's 1984
0: oh it was quite yes
1: and so then it's like well what comes after that it's 1985 and what's that all about
0: okay i like this i like this a lot and um I had just uh uh listened to your last release before we spoke. And so I'm still alive. I didn't even kill myself. Awesome. So <laughs> that's a positive thing. <laughs> Although that's it a, would
1: probably it would probably yeah. help like the notoriety if you had.
0: If I had, but I don't have a good I'm just not a big enough brand. If I were a bigger brand, I would do that for you, you know.
1: No, but I could publicize it.
0: <laughs> the power of the two of us, could you imagine?
1: Yeah, well, I guess we've already got an example of how well that works out, so <laughs> never mind.
0: Let's. Uh, can we talk a little bit about this music-making process? Is that interesting at all to you to talk about? Because I find it fascinating.
1: Sure, we can talk about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to think like what the process is. I don't know if I can say that there's a process in particular other than you know there's there's the the sort of the old cliche like do you write the music first or do you write the words first sure mm-hmm. uh, I used to I would say I used to do a lot more of coming up with lyrics and a melody and then writing music and then probably in the last 10 years or so it's a, it's a lot reversed where it's just I'll start messing around um, at home trying to come up with something interesting or cool or weird or something. And if I, th- the, the problem is that any little thing I do that I think sounds good, I, I have to try to turn it into something. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then that, so I always have lots of ideas about all this stuff I'm going to do. And then I come up with five ideas and that's my next three years. Um, and I never get to all the other stuff I want to do. Because <laughs> it, takes, yeah. it takes a long time to put together. Um, which is also, I guess, part of the process. You know, there's, there's a lot of people on Twitter specifically and a lot of um, electronic musicians specifically who they work very fast. Um, in, in most of those cases, they're pre- purely instrumental, which that can make it a bit easier because um, getting vocals right and getting them to sound good is hard. Uh, but it just, it takes me a really long time. Hmm. So I'm pretty envious of people who can churn stuff out. I can come up with a new musical idea every day, but it takes me a year or two to get it to sound halfway decent.
0: You think that's just you being some kind of perfectionist or something? or?
1: Um, I, I would say yes if I listened to any of my albums and thought they sounded perfect. But most of the time I release them when... Um, in my opinion, they still have significant flaws, but I don't know how to get them to sound any better. Hmm. But so what that means is I basically, you know, work my fingers to the nub on every single one until I just give up.
0: <laughs> and then, then that's the release date.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's a really gratifying process. It's just self hatred and doubt mm-hmm. until I'm exhausted, and then I go release party. Yes. Um. So you are so,
0: you're like a collector of um, these keyboard. What do what do we call them? Synths.
1: Yeah, synths, synthesizers. I you know I I I bought a bunch of secondhand synthesizers. I don't know. Maybe eight or nine years ago, and I've slowly been getting rid of them, and I still have too many of them because I I tend to go through these phases where I think like I just. I'll get involved in a new thing, and I think, like, that's the thing I'm going to do, and I'm all about that thing. Mm -hmm. And then I realize, like, I don't have any aptitude for this. Um, And then I've either spent a lot of money or a lot of time or both. Um, So mostly, I'm looking now. I mean, I have, well, an embarrassing amount of quote-unquote extra cents in that. I have probably, like, five that I need to get rid of. And another bunch that are sitting around that I play infrequently. Um, but part of that is because, like, when you have um, certain kind of synthesizers that are like analog or analog based, they don't have ways to save presets. So if you come up with an interesting sound, so like I said, you know, I'll I'll be messing around and I'll try mm-hmm. to come up with something cool or interesting or or whatever. And and I like that. And that sound is on a particular synth where you've got all the knobs exactly dialed in and you don't have any way to save that. If you bump a knob, you lose it. So if it takes me two years to finish that song, that synth has to stay in that position.
0: (laughs) You got to get locked tight and lock it all down. Yeah, that's crazy. I was actually going to ask you that. How How do you do that when you're just alone and it's just you, especially if you're using analog equipment? That's interesting, yeah.
1: Well... So I would say that, so the term that people use, uh, that some people use is uh, in the box or out of the box. In the box meaning um, you're using software-based synths. So they're, they're software instruments that emulate um, various types of keyboards or are their own kind of um, synthesizer. Um, and then you have external stuff. and And I probably do like 50-50 of, of that. So, um, and then you have something, Are you, have you heard of or are you familiar with MIDI? Uh,
0: to, some, I, to, to some extent.
1: Okay. So, so MIDI basically is just a digital version of a player piano. So you play a note and, y- you know, which note did you play and how long did you hold it down? And did you press like, a sustain pedal, or did you uh, move the modulation wheel, which, or the pitch bend wheel, which makes the pitch go up or down or whatever? It records all of those things, mm. but it's not actually recording sound. It's recording the metadata about what you played.
3: I see. OK. And
1: so unless you have really old analog stuff, uh, most things speak MIDI. Well, I shouldn't even say most. A lot of things speak MIDI. Um, there's earlier versions of stuff that don't, but there's ways to still control those things so that you can play it back without actually recording the audio. Um, so depending on what I'm doing, uh, a, lot, a lot of the external stuff is just controlled by MIDI. I do have a couple of uh, synths that, are, that don't have a MIDI capability, and in those cases, you, you just record the audio in. But um, when you're building up a track, Uh, trying to figure out all the parts, you know, I'll play something in, but it's usually played shitty. And it's out of tempo, out of time, whatever. Right, because you're,
0: you're like, playing it live. Yeah, you have to actually play it along, yeah? Right.
1: And so, and that's the situation where, like, okay, that thing has to sit there now for the next year until I come back, um, because I need to figure out the whole song um, to know if I still need that sound or not. Hmm. Um, And so... Or, you know, maybe I'm I'm using that sound in a in a verse part, but I I know that I'm going to use it in the chorus, but I don't have the chorus worked out yet. And so there's a lot of just going back and forth over the thing and adding parts, removing parts, trying to figure out why it doesn't sound the way you want it to sound or the way you think it was going to sound. And um, it's kind of tedious in that way. But, you know, th- that's the problem. It's like I said, like ideas come to me quick, but execution is really slow Mm. um i'm not i don't consider myself particularly gifted at um music production or music um mixing and engineering um i'm pretty good at coming up with ideas or um writing songs but the studio part that's for me that's just work
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I was uh, wondering if, um, if all these machines are better than bandmates or worse.
1: <laughs> they're better in the sense that they show up when they're supposed to.
0: Uh, this uh, is, yeah, this is something I hear the most frequently from band folk, is that it's, it's not really about the interpersonal relationship so much as no one shows up
1: every time I I have never successfully put a band together and I think I'm trying to think I've been in, I think I've been in one band that was not my band. Um, uh, maybe two, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, it's bands are, Oh my God, what a pain in the ass. And, um, again, you know, if, if I was, if I, it's, to be even more cliche, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I would go back and try harder. But because um, I, I, there's no way I could really swing that in my life at this point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so in that sense, like. But I don't really um, I don't really know how to be in a band. That's the thing. It's like I know how to <laughs> do what I do. Right, right. Alone in my uh, office at night while I'm avoiding my wife and our animals. Um, I know how to do that, and every time I've tried to be in a band, it has never worked out. And there's there's another guy um, on, on Twitter. His uh, he is he was wet dentist, and now he's uh, the Das Kaput. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about.
0: It does ring a bell.
1: Um, you know, and he had a band for a little while, and that also fell apart. It's pretty common it's pretty rare when you can make a band work and it's really a lot easier when you're in your teens or 20s because it is a full-time job just trying to keep people together and um meet regularly and all of that kind of stuff
0: yeah i guess when you're a teenager and you don't have much to do except try to score weed or some beer or something
1: or you just don't have that many responsibilities yeah and,
0: and that's what i mean that's your only responsibility And then, yeah, so, so you're a professional at avoiding the wife and the animals.
1: I mean, I I do what I can. I don't want to brag. (laughs) We, you know, we have a zoo here. We've got three, three cats, two dogs. And my mother-in-law also lives on the property, which is just awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah
1: and she's that scared. always goes well. I mean, how could it go wrong? The uh, the the only it, it it it's not nearly as bad as it could be, but it's just, you know, not awesome. But we it's it's two we bought a, a multi-unit property, so um you know, she's got her own place and we're in another unit on the property that is detached. Oh, okay. That doesn't so, sound
0: too bad. You have a dog house. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, it's it's the best version of of uh, it's the best possible outcome of that situation. So the the building that uh, there's two different buildings and the building that we're in has an upstairs and a downstairs that are actually two different units. um, But we're using both. So my studio is in the downstairs unit. Mm. So you could say it's a man cave, although I don't. Yeah, your
0: your music cave, office cave, music
1: cave. There's not a lot of like sports going on down here.
0: I didn't picture it as such. No.
1: So I don't know if I covered any of the process other than that. Um, You know, these days there's generally a computer involved and you feed the audio into the computer. um, Usually a track at a time and, you know, you just multi-track it until you've got Mm -hmm. all the parts
0: Then there's the post-production, what do we call this, the public, publicizing publication?
1: Yeah, I, I don't even do that and anymore. You don't
0: even do it. You don't even try, I don't think. I I looked at you, um, I was just pretending I was a casual fan, yeah, and someone had told me to look you up, and I just trying to use my phone to try to find your music, and it wasn't really easy. I did find your most recent release on SoundCloud, and that's where I listened to it tonight. Okay. I noticed you had like two or three likes on several of the songs. Hey,
1: I can quit my day job.
0: <laughs> it's amazing to me because I happen to really love your music. I, I just think it has a, it's a, it's I I don't know uh, words to describe it, um, but it has a lot of elements and flavors and sounds from my past that resonate. So they sound really, it just, I don't know. It's just really great.
1: Well, thank you. Um, As far as publicizing goes, I mean, the, um, the last time I really tried to do that was the good fights. So the, the album before this one, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I just felt creepy and weird doing it. I, it it.
2: Th- that is there's such all... a
0: that is such a bullshit attitude, but I have the exact same attitude.
1: Yeah, it, the thing is, it's like, you know, it's the reality is that unless you're going to try, I- unless you find a way to cut through the noise floor of everybody and their mother releasing music every second of every day, um, you're probably not going to get heard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: On the other hand. Um, I don't want to beg people to listen to the, my music.
3: I hear you. Uh, yeah, it,
1: there's there's all kinds of um, like online people, some legit, some shyster who will help you promote your music and all kinds of stuff, and you know, develop your brand and blah blah blah. I, you know, I'm not sure. tied. Sure, um, I'm not a disposable douche, although I guess that depends who you ask. Uh, I I don't know. I I just. I went as far down that road as I could do comfortably and I just didn't like it. And it, and it didn't really make that big of a difference. And so I just felt like, OK, if, if that's going to be the net result, the, the only thing I can do if the way that I view it is. If I made something, if I made an album or a song even that. Let me rephrase it my goal is to make something that is good enough that you can't not listen to it once you've heard it. And because people, you know, there's, there's things that get released now and they, they either resonate with people or they don't Mm -hmm. and they, they rise to the top.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's what I can concentrate on trying to do is to try to do better each time and try to make something as good as I can. And, and, it will either cut through or it won't. And I mean, um, the last two albums were released by a net label, Block Sonic, and so it gets a little more of a push via that. So um, on Free Music Archive, the the this album and the last album were on Free Music Archive, and they've done fairly well there for me. I mean, there's uh, they each had about. In the area, 3,000 downloads and maybe, I don't know, 15 or 20,000, somewhere between there, uh, in listens.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, that's cool, except for I never hear anything from any of those people, and it's like I just threw it into the ocean.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: it's, it's really like it's not numbers that make you feel like you did something. It's feedback, and that is non-existent.
2: That's so,
0: funny. I, I have the same kind of thing, except like let's just say my podcast, for instance, is the only real material I put out into the world, and and it's there and it's left there, um, and then I'm like, man, I never get any feedback, and yet I have the comments turned off. I don't. <laughs> I don't push the episodes to all the ch- channels that are available to me: SoundCloud, YouTube, and you know, right. in- Instagram, and it's just so. Uh, It's just a personality defect or whatever.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I I think at the end of the day, like you have to be able to um, live with yourself. And I feel like a smarmy douche tweeting every 15 minutes about my album. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And I mean, I see people do it. And, you know, it's a if you're comfortable with that, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I, I, like I said, I just, I don't want to beg people to listen to it. I feel like if, if you put something out and people like it, they will, they will do that on their own.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And exactly. That's what I'm always hoping is that it's just a community share thing at the end where it's just people talking about it and sharing it.
1: Right. And, and then too, like this last album, um, well, probably... Actually, probably any of the albums, but the last two in specific have not been particularly... Um, depend, it would depend on what your musical taste is, whether or not they're accessible. Um, they're not... Uh, it's it's not like... You know, one of the freaking songs is 13 and a half minutes. I mean, that's not... <laughs>
0: right, right. That was you know, another... And it's, yeah, there's a question it, I had, it, is that where where would this music be appropriate? Like, you can't um, push this music out to DJs to play at, uh, right. clubs or I don't know, what do they have like EDM festivals or something? I don't know. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you could take ecstasy and listen to it, I suppose, but I don't know if it would be that fun. Um, and the thing is, so like a 13 minute song in and of itself, isn't that crazy. There's plenty of like dance music or EDM that's like that, but it's, you know, it's, it's, the structure of the song is simple. It, there's not a lot of variance. There's not a lot of, you know, this is going to, I'm going to get in trouble with somebody for saying this, but there's not a lot of song to it, honestly. Like it's a good rhythm and it's a groove and it's got cool sounds and effects and whatever, but that's, there's not a lot of song stru- It's not, not like a traditional song structure.
0: I, yeah. I hear you. Uh, I, I view your albums as albums. Um, well, oh, that's awesome, because that's what I'm
1: trying to do, and, and nobody really does that th- anymore.
0: That's why I got really frustrated downloading uh, your last album, because I have a phone I don't know how to use. It's a Android, oh, right. google Pixel, Pixel, yeah, and I just can't, uh, I just don't know how to use the goddamn thing. And so mm-hmm. I finally got the album, your last album, into the phone, but it's in all the wrong order, and I don't nice. like it like that.
1: Yeah, no, it probably wouldn't sound good.
0: Yeah. It's it's, it's amazing kind of how you listener. really it's really structured and it has a a progression. It's you're very good at that.
1: Well oh, thank you. That's I mean, you know, that's that's what I grew up listening to, and so that's what I'm trying to do, but you know, um some of them come out better than others.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. How long until the next release then? Oh geez
1: uh, i don't know probably two or three years i haven't yeah. s- i i have a few oh i don't know I, i've probably got like 10 songs i've started on um but i'm not actively working on any of them right now i was taking a little time off after working on this one the last two have been um kind of been drudgery from on on (laughs) on my side of it i mean the the thing is like if if i had a process like here's the process um i cut open my stomach i pull out my entrails i try to arrange them into something interesting and original and then i try to shove them all back in and hope it all still works
2: Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm
1: that's kind of the process. Um,
0: yeah. Vivisection is always uh fun and duplicatable and rewarding. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, but I, I really try, like I have a kind of a compulsive need to not repeat what I've already done. Um, and again, the people that I listened to and liked and respected, like every album was different. Every album went somewhere else that was amazing and blew your mind. And, um, you never knew what to expect. And so, and, and I realized that like that for a lot, that alienates a lot of people. It like for the best people, it alienates people. And I'm somebody nobody's heard of, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but I'm kind of a purist like that, where that's, that's just kind of what I want
0: to do. The next Um, sound or experience. Or just,
1: I mean, just try to do something. Trying to come up with something different that's still, you know, a, a long time. With the exception of Epic Flail, um, a, I want to say about 15 years ago, I just decided I was not writing um, any more love songs because <laughs> the world does not need any more fucking love songs. <laughs> there's plenty of them. Um, it, we're not. There's not a dearth of, you know, love songs. Um, or there is a dearth. Yes. I can never remember. In, in any case, I'm not writing them. Um, and so you have to work to try to find. I mean, it's really easy to do. And if you're not going to write about that, what are you going to write about? Mm-hmm. And still keep it interesting and um, hopefully relevant. And
0: Yeah. You're, well, you just have to pursue greater personal pains. Maybe you're just being a little bit too boring. Sure, I mean (laughs) personal pains I got. Right, but those are the old ones. You gotta come on. Let's go get some new. Well, that's that's
1: just it though. Like, okay, I can I can sing like "Poor Me" forever. Right, right. But how interesting is that to the listener? Right. Uh, I mean, Trent Reznor is pretty good at it. But um, you know, my old saying is, you can't out Trent the Reznor. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's pretty funny you mention him um i of course loved the first nine inch nails album that was the i was the perfect age um when that happened it was it was really something huge in my life and yet um you know i never listened to a nine inch nails album thereafter i know nothing really? about their music at all Wow, yeah it's the strangest um, thing. I just went immediately kind of flipped course and just i i don't know I just never listened
1: i mean he he's a guy who um i mean he he works hard and he's very good at what he does, and you either like what he does or you don't like what he does um, but yeah i mean he's got he's definitely got some good albums uh after that for sure.
0: I might have to explore it and see for myself, but maybe the timing's all off. But you never know. I mean, I'm—I discovered Radiohead at the age of like 42.
1: Yeah. Well, so I do that all the time, um, which is sometimes why, like, my music is—it's like, what the hell is, like, why are you writing this right now? Um, because I—I've I, done it for years, where I will just decide. Like you said, 1985 earlier. Currently, I'm listening to nothing but music from 1985, um, and I'll just pick a thing or a topic or a rabbit hole, and I'll just go down it for a while, um, and see what I can find that's interesting or that I like or resonates or whatever. And yeah, I I, I kind of did the same thing with Radiohead. Um, I knew I knew the songs that were on the radio.
0: Right. But, right. Sure. You know. Me too. But, and yeah.
1: And I've done the same thing with a lot of like early 80s, um, like goth stuff that I just didn't care about at the time because I was into like uh, Prince and Minneapolis funk back in those days.
0: Yeah, I was wondered. I was, I found that curious about you. You are a huge Prince fan. And I wonder where that came from.
1: Um, from just being alive in the 80s and. Yeah like in Prince and the other thing was, cause um, I, I
0: missed it. I mean, I think we're about the same age and I, I never, I never did get that at all. Um, but I don't like guitar music so much or that style, I guess maybe that's it.
1: Well, so he, he's, I don't know, he's about 50, 50 guitar and synth. Um, and at that time, I mean, everybody thinks of the, the album purple rain, but before that mm-hmm. he was very, very synth heavy. Um, and, and the th- I mean, the reason why I got into him back then is because I was going through puberty and his music was all about all kinds of sex things.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, did you have a girlfriend or something that was huge into him?
1: No, my girlfriend hated him because she was huh. super Christian.
0: Oh, that's that not cool. a good girlfriend to have.
1: No, it wasn't. And it wasn't a girlfriend, good girlfriend to have, like, in my early 20s when I dated her again.
0: Again? Uh, you went back, yeah, double dipping.
1: Yep, because I'm a moron,
0: but that's a whole other story. Um I never I never did the uh go back and rediscover the person you loathed before and see how awesome it'll be the second time around.
1: Yeah, I did I just did that once. That was enough.
0: And that was enough. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. Fool me once and twice, whatever. <laughs> okay. I get fooled again. Um
1: so that's what's so awesome about like the the world now with Facebook, where all these people that I left dead and buried under a rock can now come and find me. uh do they? They did for a while.
0: Yeah, you. Uh, well, you have a very strange social media presence. Um, you tend to disappear. Um, you may have other accounts. I'm not sure, and you may not I, even be you sometimes. So like. I there do. was a period where I really didn't know who. I c- could tell by the content. I'm like, this has got to be Randall. This this has to be. And I literally contacted you and said, "Is this you? Prove it." <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you sent right. me your home address. I'm like, okay. So it's like a a Turing test or something. <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know. So without, cause like I don't, I not want to rehash the whole thing. But there was, there was that like episode on Twitter where somebody had taken my old account and pretended to be me for a little while
0: yeah which is which is bad because that was an account with that you had built up and it had as far as I could tell real people that you knew were following and there was there was a like a group of us it right. wasn't just it wasn't just some uh throwaway account uh it was like it was like your voice And when I would see that account, I would, you know, know this is you speaking that actually means something to me.
1: So, I mean, part of that was my fault because I, I had just decided, I think that was after, um, the last album, the, the album before my last one, which was, um, the good fight and the last song on the good fight is called give up. And at that point in time, I thought that I was probably not going to make another album.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought I was done because I—it's the whole process can be very frustrating. And, um, you know, you get to the point where, like, you've heard the music a gajillion times. And, you know, by the time other people hear it, I don't necessarily ever need to hear it again. Uh huh. Um, and I was frustrated because I didn't, you know, some of it came out well and some of it I didn't like. Some of the the ideas were good, but the execution wasn't great. Um, I just I was kind of frustrated, and so I just thought I'm not gonna like I'm done. And Mr. Bitterness as a thing needs to die. And so I had the Mr. Bitterness account, and I just renamed the account. Um, So I kept all the people, Mm -hmm. and and I knew that eventually somebody would pick up the Mr. Bitterness name, and there might be a little bit of confusion or whatever. Um, but I wasn't too concerned about it. What I didn't anticipate is that somebody would immediately jump on it and mm-hmm. pretend to be me. Um, and so, you know,
0: yeah. and do stupid. it very poorly and loudly and yeah, aggressively and very, it was a very strange experience. Yeah.
1: Well, stupid me for not like for seeing that, but it just didn't occur to me. And what occurred to me, cause I didn't know who was doing it. Um, What hadn't occurred to me is all the places out on the Internet, on other people's sites and through Mm. Google and whatever, where my name, my real name is linked with that name.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And I was I was right. And this person was tweeting out some weird shit. And I was right at a point where I thought I was going to start looking for a job. And I was getting concerned that I'm going to get associated like (laughs) that. Yeah. I'm going to be held to account for some shit, and I didn't know I didn't know if it was friendly, I didn't know how far it was going to go, and it was a very weird experience um, and, and you know he was doing things like I forget what it was, but like it was something like favoriting, going into um, Twitter and favoriting like 200 posts about feet.
2: Mm-hmm. It was yeah.
1: just bizarre shit I'm like, mm-hmm. that I didn't want to be associated with but using my avatar and saying it was me. So, um, you know, that was a whole thing. I finally got the account back. Um, and so now I'm still Mr. Bitterness, but honestly what I wanted to do was kill Mr. Bitterness as a thing about three years ago.
2: Um,
1: so, uh, so somewhere in there because of the accounts, I'm trying to remember, like the email accounts that were associated with certain uh, Twitter handles. I ended up killing the one that I had that I had renamed and and all of those people and then started trying to rebuild my account um, so that I could get an email address on it that was separate from my real name, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is a few years back. Sure. Right. Yeah. But but whatever. Anyway, so it, it just kind of became a whole thing. And then. Um, and so I don't have a lot of the people that I used to have at this point. Huh. And a lot of the people because of that whole thing, I, there was a lot of people that blocked me or didn't um, believe me when I said I was me. Yeah, even me. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they just were like, who needs the drama?
0: Yeah. And, yeah.
1: And uh, mm-hmm. so it's. It's kind of never recovered, and I didn't push that hard to, to to do it.
0: And you got blocked by, when you did have control of the account, uh, by every professional comedian in the world that I'm, <laughs> as far, that I'm aware of.
1: That's true. It was yeah, so, so, sh- so,
0: shit-talking yeah. comedians, and then you would give something back, and then...
1: Yeah. Blocked. Yeah. But what what was f fu- So... So here's what Twitter has taught me about the world. Well, at that point in time, I've <laughs> learned a lot of other things about the world since then on Twitter, which is with the whole like Trump and all that. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, but here's what I learned at that time. The people who are least likely to have a sense of humor are comedians.
0: Uh, yes, well said.
1: They do not want you tweeting, quote unquote, funny shit at them at all. That's their job. And how dare you? Mm hmm. Uh, so I don't do that anymore. You quit? Yeah, I mean, because I I don't know. I I was a lot more willing back then to go toe to toe with people. And today I just don't have the time in my life for
3: that yeah, shit. Yeah, I see.
1: And and plus everybody, not everybody on. Everybody online everywhere these days, but Twitter and Facebook specifically is just showing up with a red raw ass, ready to freak out over every little thing. It's so not fun. Twitter used to be a lot more fun.
0: I would agree. I have some, like, core things I follow on there where it's the same message over and over again, which gets boring, and then I revisit it. I've I've done a pretty good job of... Um, setting it up in a way where I I just don't see a lot of annoying stuff anymore. Right.
1: Well, so that's, so now like I have two accounts, the Mr. Bitterness one and another one. And I only did that, um, I don't know, probably in the last year or so. I I forget when I did it, but, um, especially after Trump got elected, I knew I was going to have to like talk about it at times. Mm-hmm. and I, I didn't want people who are following me for music to have to like wade suffer through that. Through that yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just separated them out. And now I'm mostly it, I just say the horrible things that I used to say as Mr. Bitterness, um, which people used to like and now don't really seem to. And <laughs> I say it in another place.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think you and I really agree politically a lot or in certain nuance it's hard to say without really diving in but um i still love the account and everything you say so i think it's great
1: well you you were actually one of the people i had in mind when i when i divided my accounts because i thought you know this way brian can still follow me as mr b and he doesn't have to listen to all my political shit
0: there you go yeah perfect
1: but it turns out, like, I don't need to tweet about political shit because everybody is fucking tweeting about political shit yeah. all of the
0: time. Yeah, it's, uh, yep, yep, yep. That's why I, mean, uh, I I won't do Facebook. I mean, I'm on there just to follow a specific group, uh, health thing that I am involved with. Um, and I have set that, my, that Facebook up, um, even though it's my real name, if anyone pops up that I actually know, like in my real life, I just say, you know, refuse, or I don't know this person or whatever the, right the no button is.
1: I just ignore. I don't ever answer.
0: I I have a hard time ignoring things that pop up. I have to deal with things as they occur. Like right. There's a face staring at me that I know. And I just, I have to say, I don't know that person. And it's fun see, for I, fucking with the algorithm just to see what the results are. I also, when I am on Facebook, I click all the ads that I don't like just mm-hmm. to see what would happen, right. which is obviously I'm torturing myself.
1: Well, so what What I love about Facebook is that it's basically like the most horrible YouTube comments coming from people you used to go to school with and That's pretty cool. And then
0: (laughs) you can put a face to the.
1: Oh, so you're the racist. Yeah. Okay. And then the other part is like, I'm just, you know, somebody I I do know and want to keep in touch with. I'm just having a casual conversation with them. And now I'm suddenly I'm in a fight with a housewife in Iowa. (laughs) What the fuck?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Who who thought that was a good idea? Like, can I just talk to my friend? I don't even know you. lady.
0: Yeah, I usually, like I say, I I think I follow like two private groups on there and um, have collected some follower, friends or whatever they're called, and I can't take it. Like, I can't even look at that feed, and I hate the way it works now. Like, if I accidentally hit the wrong button and refresh it, sometimes I'll want to see something that someone said, and then I'll scroll up, and it'll refresh the whole thing, and it it all goes no, away gone. because it's not in a it's not in time it's in they it's algorithm yeah an algorithm of everything like it's not even time based it's, Right. it it's per- obviously purposely designed to destroy your brain yeah
1: well and and now twitter that's their default too unless you go in and change yes. it
0: yes yeah that was a huge thing you have to undo the changes that they made yeah. um, and i have a little account for my kid's coffee company, and I can't get that thing working correctly. It, it's, uh, it's like broken. I don't know. I swear I've unchecked all the personalized buttons, and yet it's still fouled up. I don't let my kids go on Twitter, um, but I gave my daughter uh, access to Instagram
2: because
0: mm. they have this little coffee company, and I figure, and we sell online, so... I I feel like they need a little exposure to this shit, but I, right. it's tough. It's really... Uh, I grit my teeth.
1: I, I don't know what I would do if I was a parent these days. Because I know there's, you know, there's like 10-year-old kids walking around with smartphones in their pockets. And it's like, okay, you do know how easy it is to get to porn, right?
2: Like, yes. You don't even
1: have to try.
0: Yeah, and even... Even porn aside, it's bad people. It just well, yeah. invasive creeps. You know, if you stumble onto some porn, ah, that's not a great thing if you're 10, eight. Um, but the harmful, abusive freaks of this world, it's really bad. So I know my kids are online doing playing games online and things, so I wanted to give them something with a purpose. And that's this little coffee thing. So they can actually make like little commercials. My daughter made a little skit, you know, and filmed it. Um, So I think that's a positive way to experience social media. Yeah. And it's had the same results as every other effort I've ever done, which is basically nothing. So,
1: well, you know, that that's the thing, though, is like everybody and their mother is connected and. Just shouting inane garbage into the void. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, 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 I mean, bringing it back to music for a second. It's, it's, so I remember, you know, like 10 years ago when Twitter was new ish, um, like right around 2008 is when it started to become, it was 2007, 2008, it became mm-hmm. like a big cult, culture thing, the new buzzworthy thing. And I was, I happened to get, um, Because it was new, I was following some radio stations uh, locally and I I won tickets to some like music conference that I wouldn't normally be at. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like some of the biggest producers of of music in the world were at this convention talking about how the music business is changing. Spotify was there as like this new thing nobody had ever heard of.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: How it was going to save the music industry and mostly all it's done is like rob musicians of money.
2: Just a new even way further to screw yeah. yeah
1: yeah um, but they were talking about at, at that time, and maybe still, the the talk was about the democratization of music, you know, now anybody can do it, and that's good and bad. now everybody can do it, and they are, and why should anybody listen to you over anybody else? Um, and that same thing has permeated everything. you know, everybody's got a podcast, everybody's got. And 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 for some reason, like some kid in Oklahoma has a YouTube channel that seven million other preteens have latched onto and loved, mm-hmm. and now that kid is set for life, money-wise, or at least until you know he says something racist and he crashes and burns or whatever. But,
0: right, or kills himself or something. Yeah,
1: or, or something. Right, like everything's got a cycle, but um, but there's not really rhyme or reason to, like, who pops through and who doesn't. There's just so much shit being produced through every conceivable channel every second of every day that, you know, talent and um, originality, you'd like to think they count for something. Mm -hmm. But you have to have those things as well as being in the right place at the right time and just being, um, you know, uh, just... Just being h- hitting that right cultural note, whatever it is, that makes it catch fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, and nobody knows how to do that. So at the end of the day, like, like when it comes to music, I don't, especially at this point in my life, I've had to finally um, accept that I'm probably not going to be a famous rock star. <laughs> Although maybe <laughs> next week. Next week could be yeah, my week. Yeah, um, maybe. But I do it because I don't know how to stop. Because it would be so much easier to stop. I've tried to stop, um, but it's just a thing I have to do so that I don't shoot up Seven Elevens in schools.
0: You don't have a like a addictive personality, though. You're not like into alcohol or drugs or anything. So you no. would you just do this music thing as your self torture.
1: I guess. I mean, it's t- to some extent it's an outlet. Um, I mean. I guess it, it's a new way in to hate myself. How's that? You know, I, <laughs> I've got my work to tell me I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, um, yeah, Monday through Friday, but what am I going to do with my evenings and weekends?
0: <laughs> Cuddle with the cats. come on well, B- I do that. binge binge watch Netflix.
1: I do that too, too much. Um, but even that, it's funny. I was thinking about that this week because um, I knew we were going to be talking um. It's funny because I don't know about you, but like uh, being that we are roughly the same age, like the the concept of a latchkey kid
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was raised on television. Television was my parents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I was an indoor kid. I was never like into sports and all that. I, I read books. I watched TV. I watched movies. I played music. It was all that kind of stuff. And I never thought I could get to a point where I would not want to watch any more TV. But Jesus, I can't take it. Um, there's too many shows that require attention, which I, I mean, that used to be a good thing. And now I just like, I can't take any more heavy, epic, sweeping, anything.
0: Yeah. Well, back, back when you loved a show, when you were young, you may have one or two people that you could talk about it with, where now you turn on the whatever social media and it, you're, overwhelmed with it everyone's talking about these things and this stupid spoiler alert and um it's a it's a different way to experience um the art of film or tv for sure
1: i mean i I, when when there's a good show like a show you really like it's it's fantastic when you can really get into it um and i enjoy that experience but it's i finally gotten to the point where it's like i have to it's it's almost like trying to consume the Internet. Mm-hmm. Like, when do mm-hmm. I when do I get to the end of the Internet? You <laughs> know, there's just so much being produced. Like it, at some point, it's like I, I got to turn this off. I got to go do something. Um, it, 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 there used to be two or three good things, good albums, good shows, good movies. Mm-hmm. Now there's there's more than you can possibly ever consume. And it's mixed in with a bunch of bullshit that you have to sift through to try to find it. Um, and it's just, I I've actually, I, I never thought I would get to the end of my, uh, my latch key ways, but I just like, I got to, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, I, I need to go outside.
0: Wow. It's come to that. Yeah. Has it? Well, not yet,
1: but I have allergies,
0: this, but um, that's a good, that's a good excuse. The nature yeah. is a, uh, is a beast.
1: But yeah, it's it's that sort of it's it's that same thing. Like at every level, it's great to be a creator. If you are creating because you want to create, Mm -hmm. if you are creating because you want to achieve status or financial independence, I'm not so sure it's a great time.
3: I see. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
1: but the tools are there if you have a passion and you just want to pursue it and um
0: that's a bright note it that's good yeah i guess no um,
1: don't don't turn me into some like happy shiny hey
0: uh, you had one moment there i had to punctuate it
1: i mean anybody can make a mistake
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i feel very fortunate i found a show no one was talking about so i loved two seasons of a show called um fortitude on Amazon Prime.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, um, is that the one with uh, Dennis? Qu- is it Quaid. Dennis Quaid? Yeah,
0: yeah. He, he wasn't. I in haven't watched f- it yet, but it looks good. He wasn't in the first season. He he appeared in the second, and uh, that's like probably my favorite TV show of all time. I'm putting it right up there with Twin Peaks, the original, okay. not this.
1: Well, hold, <clears> hold <throat> We're going to talk about that in a second. Hold on in spite and words, um, so yeah so i i have found i if i of the things i enjoy i kind of enjoy the smaller uh, less publicized you know i don't know if they're actually quote unquote indie but things that have an indie sort of feel to them i was going to gonna
0: say we still have that gen x gene
1: yeah yeah searching for, for sure. that
0: indie thing no one's yet heard about now they're called Absolutely. hipsters but we dominated that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, there's one on Netflix, Netflix called Flaked. I don't know it. Um, it's kind of good. I, I like it. Um, there's one on Amazon Prime called Fleabag.
0: Yeah, I tried Net- one of those. Didn't work. I, I,
2: but.
1: I liked that one because it was... Um, it, yeah, it had that indie feel and it was delightfully profane.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Um. Some of those. There's a really stupid one on Netflix called Bubblegum that I still watch the whole thing of. It's there's no reason to watch it, but I found it entertaining.
0: One of my favorite shows there is um. It's for toddlers. It's called Tumbleleaf. Okay. This is I, literally for two-year-olds. It's a good show. Haven't seen it. It's a good show. <laughs> we, okay. I watch it all the time. <laughs> I'll give it a try. I'm willing. now twin peaks
1: i mean i freaking love the new series really oh, I really do man it's I... but but the thing is it's like you you just can't have expectations if if you just let it kind of take you and not worry about where it's going um there's a there's an episode of like uh, two episodes ago, episode eight, which it literally is unlike anything you've ever seen on television
0: mm, before. I think I dropped out around five, somewhere oh, around I, there.
1: I didn't realize you got that far.
0: Yeah. Because I know, I, I, just either decided, th- I just decided I, I just couldn't handle David Lynch's high school artwork. It, right. did, so it I, did not feel like um, this was new um creative work this felt like he finally got a chance to put to film things that he had dreamt up in his mid-teens or something i i just didn't like it
1: i mean i think that's fair and and i definitely think with somebody like lynch like i said on twitter you either love it or you don't
2: mm-hmm.
0: sure
1: um it's totally a a fair response to it um I, but but one thing i think is funny is like and i'm not saying this applies to you but a lot of the people that where i've seen the backlash on twitter and things like that is like the people who decided to love the original one against uh every like the tide that turned on it and hated it hate the new one for a lot of the same reasons hmm. the people who hated the first one hated the first one <laughs>
0: I'll try to unpack that in my mind. Yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> it's self referential and there's a there's like a rhombus in there.
0: It's kind of like Twin out. Peaks itself. So Yeah.
1: It's it's well, it's like the prequel to itself. You figure it out.
0: Yeah, and the new Twin Peaks is much more like the really bad movie that they made yes. versus the amazing series that came out.
1: Well, okay, so what I'll say about the series is the first season was amazing and like eight episodes of the second season were amazing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it sucked for 10 episodes. And then it was good for the last two. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Halfway through the second one, it got real painful. Yeah. I just learned that um, the two leads from the... Like classic musical West Side Story movie are one of them is Ben Horn who played Tony, and the other one is, oh, what the heck, Dr. Jacoby? Okay. It's the doctor guy mm-hmm. um, who, who played uh, the leader of the Jets, which it's, it's like a classical, I mean, it's it's considered yeah. like a cl- classic musical. And those two dudes were in it, they were the main That's
0: two interesting. Them, male leads and they're still and they're in the new version, right?
1: Yeah. Uh yeah.
0: Well, maybe I'll catch it later on DVD or something. I mean,
1: you know, there's no reason to do it if you don't like it.
0: You never know when I revisit things, everything changes. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's albums I've listened to that I hated years ago that I really love now.
0: Yeah, my wife has uh, quite a large collection of uh, dusty, moldy vinyl, and we dig through there on occasion and play stuff. And sometimes I go back and dig something back out again and am surprised just how much I love it. Uh, One really good band, which is kind of shocking, is um, Flock of Seagulls. Oh, yeah. They're really good. Um, I have a single, uh, I don't know the terms for vinyl, but it's a full-size album, but it's just okay. a single. Um, like a 12-inch single? Yeah. And uh, what is it called? Um, shit. I forgot the name of it. Something like Love is Automatic or something like that. And oh, my God, it's just so fucking good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of why I, I will, I sort of go back and forth between trying to know what's going on musically as a musician, um, you know, currently, and then just going somewhere else that's a long time ago, um, or or just going off in a different direction, um, just because you never, I mean. You sort of listen. You want to know what's going on currently, just so that you can decide whether or not it's worth staying relevant.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In that
1: sense, um, and then also, but then also too, like, at times it's just not that interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would imagine um, right now there's a lot of bad content.
1: <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, but what, but what's funny to me is there's a like right now pop is kind of pop with with the youth is a big thing and, and it always is kind of a big thing, but the quality of the pop varies. And well, I wouldn't say all of it's great. There is some really decent from a song's writing perspective. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is some decent stuff, um, which reminds me of some of the pop in the eighties, not that it sounds like the pop in the eighties, but, there was a lot of really good music that was released as pop in the eighties. Like it was good tight mm-hmm. songs.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: There was actual talent there, even though it was being used on pop dribble. And I feel like that's why a lot of those songs hold up, even for kids today who like eighties music kind of the way that in the eighties kids I knew liked fifties and sixties. music.
3: Uh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there are periods that are utterly forgettable, like, There's a lot of um, 90s alternative rock that is great, but I couldn't even tell you what the 90s pop was.
0: I have no idea. And I have recently discovered um, how bad 90s grunge sound is because there's a (laughs) a show on a local college station and it's called like Flannel Something. And uh, it's just 90s grunge for an hour. And... The music is unbelievably bad. It, it's it's I listen to it because it's so horrible, and it's not pop grunge sound. It's the right, right. whatever was actually happening at that time, and my God, is it bad?
1: Yeah, well, I find a lot of that with like seventies punk. Um,
0: I hate all seventies music. Every single thing. There's not, you're, you're not going to say anything, <laughs> not, not, not a single. I hate everything that came out of the 70s. I hate the sound of the albums. I hate the sound of the recordings. I hate fusion, guitar ah. stuff, everything, right. all of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can hear that. There's a lot of stuff I like from then, but there's also a lot of stuff that is just crap.
0: Uh, people are always telling me, you're going to love this. You should check out this. And then I'm like, no, just fucking stay away from me. I don't want to hear that. You can like, take, um, like, fuck Frank Zappa. I don't ever want to hear that again. <laughs> if I live a thousand years, I want to hear it zero more times. Right.
1: Well, that's achievable. You can you can do that.
0: Thankfully. Um, I kicked I mean, all those people out of my life, so I won't even accidentally hear it. I mean, that's a, you got to do what you got to do, right?
1: I mean, it has to take a stand. Somewhere. You
0: have to draw the line, and that's a that's a line I can't cross. So I hear you. Uh,
1: a lot of people, while well, seventies punk has this kind of, it's the problem is a lot of times, like everybody likes what they like, and to me, you don't have to explain why you like what you like. Right? It doesn't you can like crap. It doesn't have to have merit because um, you just like what you like. But I think a lot of people have tr- or I don't know if they have trouble, but I don't know if they're cognizant of why they like something. And it's the difference between nostalgia for a period and a place and time versus is this good and does it hold up? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of bad recordings, technically bad, where you can hear a good, you know, the, the structure, a good song still holds up and yes, comes yes. through that bad mm-hmm. recording. And then there's um, great recordings of absolute bullshit.
0: Just garbage. Yes. Yeah. You know, technology so, doesn't necessarily help bad songs. Yeah.
1: No. But you know what I was thinking of, like in in, in the annals of like self-hatred? Um, and it, and it, it was brought to me by YouTube, um, which was awesome. New ways that's one good thing about all the new technology is finding new ways to uh, open up a, a vein of self hatred and learning.
0: yeah, the vortex of hate for everything. Yeah, great.
1: So, so here's an annoying and embarrassing thing about myself is I spend way too much time watching. I don't know if you've ever seen these, but it's like teens react or college kids react. Or <laughs> no, I don't know. No, so they'll take a some group of teen teenagers, um, or people in their 20s or old people being people like 50 and above, which means I'm getting close, mm-hmm. um, and show them a thing. So sometimes it'll be like 80s music or 90s music or uh, John Hughes films or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it was this one. It was Elders React to Pink Floyd, which to me was odd because um, it's normally like, it's yeah. opposite.
0: I was going to say it's right their there. it's their exact generation. Yeah,
1: exactly. And And normally what they're doing is like showing something to somebody who would have no knowledge, like elders react to system of a down is pretty awesome.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, but you know, it, it's stupid pappy crap and I spend way too much time watching it um, when I can't fall asleep. At I night.
0: promise you, I won't even look it up.
1: Yeah, you should though, even if it's only to have something new to hate.
0: <laughs> okay. All right.
1: Um, but, but so it was elders react to pink Floyd. And so I was listening to, to that stuff and you know, people either love or hate Pink Floyd um, but I was listening to their music and I'm like you know this is really fucking good music they're good songs played by good musicians mm-hmm. recorded incredibly well mm-hmm. in the 60s and it still sounds incredible and then I'm thinking the next place I have to go is to compare myself to that and going and like well I'm writing bullshit um, <laughs> I'm I'm absolute crap. I have way more power and tools and capabilities than these guys had.
0: Oh, that's like saying because your cell phone has more computing power than the fucking moon vessel, whatever, in the 60s, that it doesn't equate. Maybe. Just because you have that power at your disposal.
1: No, but it's it's what am I doing with it?
0: Yeah, compare- well, I wouldn't compare yourself to Pink Floyd, which happens to be one of my favorite bands of all time. So, Yeah, they're fucking awesome. Yeah, but, absolutely incredible.
1: But it's just, you know, and then I think, like, those rec- some of the, the things they were playing was, like, Dark Side of the Moon and some of that stuff. And I'm thinking, like, these guys were in their mid-20s, maybe 30, and... I haven't written anything that matches <laughs> even one of these songs in my yeah. whole
0: stupid life. Well, try, imagine trying to be a poet then, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to, who are you going to put yourself up against? You're going to read all the best stuff and then say, I am shit because I can't compete with fucking Byron.
1: Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, you just, yes, that's exactly you, what you I'm going to do. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my God! That's so great.
0: <clears throat> well, good luck being in the same fucking boat as I that's all. Yeah. I don't know what else to say
1: <laughs> i mean this is it's just where I live., uh, that's where I'm comfortable. I wouldn't know how to be any other way.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Oh man, I just thought of something and it just drifted away. Oh, one a band I must mention I discovered via vinyl is um Suicide. That's
1: I know the name. I don't yeah. know if I know the I'm trying to think.
0: It is unbelievably good. And it is the most ridiculously simplistic music ever. It is the lowest quality shit synthesizer in the history of the world. And uh, it's so it's so fucking good. Uh, that guy just recently died. I don't remember his name offhand because I can't remember names. It's a part of my broken brain. But um, just unbelievably good. Uh, and one of the... I actually read a a rock review from when the album came out, um, and there's a very it, it's the the darkest, worst song ever on there, and um, I think oh, the rock reviewer was like, "This is the best song you'll ever hear, and you will only listen to it once in your life." It's it's that d- depressing. So, yeah, Suicide, amazing, amazing band.
1: That sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> all I hear when I hear that is like, I got to listen to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I that's one I, I don't know. It.
1: I'm trying. Having to think. it
0: on vinyl is really amazing because it's like original from the era, you know. And you put it on there and you play it, and just the sound is just fucking amazing.
1: I'm trying to remember if they were um, part of what they called the no-wave scene?
0: I don't know scenes or whatever. Um, there, well, is, I... there is some... Uh, I, I, I've never been able to verify this, but um, they say suicide's poster for their first concert was the first time the word punk rock, punk music was ever used, which I find hard to believe because it's kind of out of order that came a little bit later, right. uh, which is, I, I it confuses me, but that's what they say
1: yeah i'm am just trying to there's a there's a great documentary called um kill your idols and it's the only reason i know about because i'm not i don't necessarily know about scenes either yeah um but it was about a particular music scene in right around the punk scene in new york but it was called no wave and
0: That might fit because that's. I think that's where they were at that time. Yeah, that might be it.
1: I feel like they were, might have been. If they weren't part of that scene, they were maybe considered like four bearers of mm. that scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but basically, no wave was a bunch of people who were not musicians. They were even less musical than punk rock.
0: Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. It was, it was sort of very abstract and the avant-garde. The best part,
0: yeah, I, I like it because what I'm what I'm picturing is someone who um, isn't faking it. They're not faking that they play guitar. They're right. making music, but not faking it. They're, they're making their music, but they don't have a f- pretend guitar strapped to them, you know? Right. Huge difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out.
0: That's my... It's the only thing I can think of for a top recommend, and that, that's a good one.
1: I'll take it. If you ever go back and listen to, um, if you decide to go down a nine inch nails hole, I feel like you would like, um, an album called the fragile. Okay. you Might like that. It, at the time, at the time people sort of thought it, I, well, some people thought it was like overblown and self indulgent. It's like a double album.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it was right. So I guess Trent was raised by his grandmother and, um, it was right after she died and had been sick so it's a little it's darker than even his usual darkness
0: huh wow i will check it out i just actually wrote it I wrote it down i made a note
1: um but it's it's like a lot of things you probably will either love it or hate it but i i feel like that one is kind of a grower so maybe hate it a few times before you're sure that you hate it mm
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm good at that. I can, I can handle that.
0: All right. So I have homework. I'm going to look up the fragile. You're going to look up suicide. Our work here is done. Perfect. I really uh, appreciate your time and it was good to hear your voice again, if for no other reason than just for me to hear your voice again, you know,
1: Absolutely. I don't think we've ever actually talked in all this I time. Not, have we?
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, your I, speaking voice is not your singing voice, by the way.
1: That's true. Yeah, nobody, you know, I, I don't uh, I don't really ever play any of this stuff. Like nobody, maybe two people at work know I even work on music.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they wouldn't but, know it was you if you just played it for them. Well, that's the
1: thing. They don't, a lot of times they don't believe it's me because they'd say that it doesn't sound anything like that.
0: <laughs> not even remotely. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, good job there. I'll uh put some links in the show notes and all that good stuff. Expect a flood of traffic.
1: I'm going to get the Ask Brian bump.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. All right, ma'am. You have yourself a good evening. I'm checking out.
1: All right, you too. Good
0: to talk to you. You too. Bye.